Welcome back to Inside Fantasy Football. I'm your host, Todd Garza. We are going to go over week one. This is one of the fastest fantasy shows in the industry. We are going to cover all 16 games from Thursday through Monday night. I am going to give you the starts and sits in the matchup. And I've got an hour to get it in, so I'm going to get started soon. First, let me get the email out of the way. That is Todd. Todd's fantasy picks at gmail.com. You can email me any questions you'd like, start sit questions, lineup questions. Uh, my only uh, advice, which I've already ran into this uh, with the emails this week, is let me know your scoring format when you ask me a question about start sit. It'll give me a better idea, it'll get you better advice as well. Uh, scoring format is pretty. Uh, uh, a pretty big deal when it comes to certain positions. You can get in touch with me also at Inside FFWT. That is at Inside FFWT on Twitter. Uh, we had a few podcasts lined up. Uh, I ended up uh, guesting on a few other podcasts, and it was uh, pretty cool. I appreciate the uh, Fantasy Squad up north for having me on their podcast. That was a blast, uh, and we covered quite a bit there, and I plan on doing the same uh, starting tonight. We are going to cover week one. We're going to start in order. We're going to go with the KC... Houston matchup on Thursday night. We'll start with the uh, Super Bowl champions, Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, we'll get the no-brainers out of the way with Mahomes, of course, is a must-start. Kelsey is a must-start. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the running back, rookie out of LSU, is a must-start. The hype is correct on CEH. I do think he is going to be a big part of that offense. Daryl Williams, the backup, will get some work, but I think it's going to be just to spell CEH and probably in certain uh, formations uh, they will run Daryl Williams. He may snake a goal line carrier too. That's a possibility, but Clyde Edwards Hilaire still is a must start in your running back position. I'm sure if you drafted him, you drafted him in the first or second round. That is obviously a must-start. Uh, now the nitty-gritty with the Chiefs. The tough part is the receiving core. Of course, Hill, especially against this Houston defense, is a must-start. You drafted him for that. Um, Watkins, Hardman, and Robinson are the other three receivers for the Chiefs. Kind of a dart throw with all three. I am leaning towards Watkins having a pretty big week one. He is a guy that I've had in a few lineups. I drafted him in a few of my drafts. Um, but I, he's a guy that you want to go to week one early in the season. He gets hurt. He's a strange player that disappears quite a bit throughout the season. But I'm thinking fresh legs, week one, Houston at home. I think Watkins with Hill getting all the attention he's going to get from that weak secondary that the Texans have. I think Sammy Watkins has a chance to go off in this game. I think the bigger dart throw that I put just behind Watkins, if you have to choose between the two is McCole Hardman, even though I have him on most of my fantasy teams starting in a couple, he still is a dart throw. He needs a big play and he's got the speed. He's one of the fastest players in the NFL. Uh, but McCole Hardman this week, week one, is a riskier play than Sammy Watkins, in my opinion. But he is startable, especially at a flex position. I think McCole Hardman is worth the dart throw against a weak secondary in Houston in week one. It's just not as much, you know, neither him or Watkins is a guarantee. But I do think Watkins is going to get quite a few looks. So if I had to choose between Watkins and Hardman, I would choose Watkins. If Hardman is your number two, and I am in that situation in a league or two myself, he's a riskier number two, but he is a back-end two-three receiver. Uh, I think most rankings have him as a back-end wide receiver three. I'm a little bit higher on Hardman. I think they're going to try to get him involved more, a lot of bubble screens with him. And I think Hardman is going to have a decent night, possibility for a touchdown. I expect a blowout win for the Chiefs. I am a huge Houston Texans fan, but I, I, the, the Chiefs, to me, have a chance to run the 15-1, and 
14 and 2 is what the Chiefs are looking at this year. They are loaded. Only weakness for the Chiefs, which we'll uh, tap into on the Texans side of the ball, is the back end of their defense. So CEH, Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill, all must starts. Hardman, Watkins, riskier. I lean towards Watkins over Hardman. Hardman is still a startable flex in all formats. I would probably shy away from Hardman in PPR formats. If you're in a standard or a half point PPR, Hardman is not a bad flex play. If you're in full point PPR, Hardman is definitely behind Watkins. I don't think he's going to get... He's a big play guy. He's not going to get uh, uh, the looks that the other two or three receivers are going to get on that team. He is more of chunks, and uh, he's not going to get those points per perception per reception like the other receivers will. On the Houston side of the ball, of course, Deshaun Watson is a must-start at quarterback. I expect Houston to be trying to uh, catch up and keep up with that Chiefs offense. They may do a little bit of that in the first half. Uh, but I do think in the end, it, second half, uh, there's going to be a lot of garbage time points coming from the Houston side. And what I mean by garbage time, too far behind to really catch up, but in a hurry up offense, trying to put points on the board to keep up with this juggernaut of an offense in the Chiefs. So Watson, I do think, and I know this is one of the bigger questions I got in my emails, I noticed that, is the David Johnson question. He's a must start week one. Probably leaning towards a flex. I don't know if he's a straight-up RB2. He's ranked right at the back of the RB2 rankings in almost all categories. I mean, in uh, all uh, fantasy pros, all of the experts have him around 20 to 22 in the rankings. He's about right there with me as well. Uh, He's probably closer to about 18 in my rankings, 17, 18. Uh, he is a, depending on how loaded you are at running back. And if anybody takes my advice on how to draft, I am a running back guy. If you are loaded, he might be a flex play for you. The leagues, luckily that I have him in, I, he's flexed for me because I usually take two top running backs in those first two to three rounds. Uh, in that situation, he's a very, very strong flex. If you went no running back, heavy wide receiver, which quite a few people do nowadays, uh, David Johnson is a definitely a startable RB2 in a situation like that. I think they're going to try to utilize him. Duke Johnson will be utilized in the passing game as well. He does have some appeal, Duke Johnson, but David Johnson is going to get the most of the running work. He's going to get the goal line work. Uh, they're going to try to get him in open space. So I do think David Johnson is a must start, uh, in my opinion, as a flex, but still in a very, very startable spot for the Houston Texans. Uh, Brandon Cooks today, as of today, uh, is listed as questionable. I was leaning towards Brandon Cooks being a sleeper in this game, getting quite a few targets. If Cooks sits out, and it's looking like he might, Will Fuller will have a big game. Either with or without Cooks being in the lineup, they are going to key on Fuller. I'm very curious to see Fuller as the quote-unquote number one in this offense. I really don't think this offense has a true number one like Hopkins was for them. Uh, I don't think Fuller really fits that role, but we will see tomorrow. He is still a startable wide receiver back-end wide receiver two for me. Uh, depending on how deep your wide receiver depth is. I can't say Will Fuller's a must start, but I do think he's going to have, you know, week one, you've got a fresh Will Fuller. You can't say that for the rest of the season. This guy is an injury waiting to happen. If you have the ability to, and you're a little bit weak at flex or your bench is kind of weak and he's sitting there at the top of your bench, got your starter set in and your flex is kind of wide open. He's a perfect guy to slide into that flex. If you have Deshaun Watson, and you have the ability, depending on your depth, to slide Will Fuller in as a flex or a wide receiver two. Depending on your format, wide receiver three, if you go three wide receivers, this is the game to do it. So in my opinion, Will Fuller is a must start in this game. Cooks, if he plays, is I really 
from everything I'm hearing from camp, I would be a wait and see for Brandon Cooks. I probably would shy away, especially with his uh, injury issue that he's dealing with. I would shy away from Brandon Cooks in this game, if possible. The sleeper on the Texan side of the ball uh, that you need to watch out for that is going to get some targets. He's going to get short, high efficiency targets. He could make something happen with them is Randall Cobb. If you are weak at receiver or you had a bad draft and you're just weak all the way around and you need home runs, Randall Cobb is, especially if you're in a PPR format, Randall Cobb is a good sneaky start as a flex this week. I really, especially if Cooks does not play in this game, I think Randall Cobb is going to have a decent matchup with those linebackers and safeties that will be covering him out of the slot. I think Kenny Stills could have some appeal. I would shy away from starting him. Uh, If you're in a really bad situation with injuries, COVID, whatever is happening at your wide receiver or flex spots, you need a long shot home run to happen. Or if you're in daily fantasy and you need that home run to, uh, he's your cheap spot that you went in your lineup for your daily fantasy, Kenny Stills is a deep, deep sleeper in this game for the Texans. And don't forget the touchdown machine from last year, the guy that Watson has a lot of confidence in and leans on when he's in trouble, Darren Fells at tight end, probably not drafted in most leagues. I don't really have any shares of him myself. But depending on how deep your league is, there are 14, 20, 22 team leagues out there. I've even heard of 30 team leagues. If you're in one of those crazy, crazy high number deep leagues, Fells is not a bad start at tight end. Or if you're just super weak at tight end in a super flex league or something along those terms, you need to take a chance at tight end. Darren Fells is not a bad play in that situation. But anything close to a standard 12 to 14, 10-team league, 12-team league, 14-team league, anything like that, um, I would shy away from Fells. He is a very deep play this week. I would stay away from both DSTs in this game. If you had to choose one, it would probably be the Chiefs because the Texans will be playing from behind. There is more opportunities for mistakes when a team is on a roll playing from behind. Uh, The next game I want to cover is the Jets and Bills. That will be one of the early games on Sunday. Uh, We'll start with the Jets. There's not a ton to play with here with the Jets. Um, A lot of it is format-oriented. If you're in a PPR league, not half point, but a full point PPR, I do think Le'Veon Bell and Jamison Crowder both have PPR appeal in this game. I think they can both be flexed. I even think Le'Veon could probably slide in to a RB2 in a PPR format. If you're in standard or half-point PPR, uh, I would at most I would slide Bell in as a flex. Most rankings have him as a back-end RB2. I'm of the. I know most people probably drafted him as the RB2. If you did that, then roll with it. If you were lucky enough, as I was in a few leagues where I have him as my third or fourth running back, uh, he's a wait and see for me. There's no guarantee with Lev Bell and Adam Gase that doesn't sound good. They're in Jets Jets camp between the two of them. When a player has to come out and acknowledge that him and his coach get along, that's usually a bad sign. So Lev Bell, to me, is a riskier play, but he is a very, very back-end RB2. Sam Darnold is only startable in two quarterback leagues. He is not in my top 15. Herndon at tight end for the Jets. Uh, If you're in a 12-team league, he should not be... Uh, he, he should not be starting. I have him outside the top 12. I guess if you went extremely late at tight end and he is your long shot play, uh, I guess week one would be the time to start Herndon. Uh, but he is a guy, another one of those similar to Will Fuller with the Texans. Uh, he's even more so in that category of, uh, is he going to get hurt in the second quarter and you get a quarter and a half of production from Herndon? Uh, but on the flip side of that, 
it's going to be his freshest game of the year. It's week one. I figure if we're going to get anything out of Herndon, it might be week one. So if you drafted Herndon, he's your tight end, go ahead and go for it. If you have a choice, I would probably go with the higher ranked tight end this week and kind of see what Herndon and Darnold do in week one. On the Bills side of the ball, we're going to start with the backfield. It is... uh, Going to be Singletary, in my opinion, week one. Not too worried about Moss yet. Uh, I do think that um, Singletary is going to have his chance to prove himself. He's a good running back. I do think Moss is going to get some work in the passing game. But I do think Singletary is going to have that little bit of a chip on his shoulder. Uh, to prove to everybody that he's the better of the two. And I think sometimes competition in the backfield is a good thing. And I really believe Devin Singletary is going to be a recipient of that. Uh, So uh, Singletary to me is a startable flex this week in all formats. Allen at quarterback is a startable top 10 possibly. Uh, quarterback this week. If you drafted him, you drafted him as your starter. Go for it. He is a good, rock-solid base with the rushing. Uh, he is going to have a, a pretty decent fantasy game. He's one of those guys that has a good floor. He's never going to kill you. He might win you a few weeks. It's a good, steady starting quarterback. Diggs is, to me, a back-end wide receiver, too, leaning more towards flex. I kind of want to see his rapport in that offense and see how it works out. It's usually a very conservative approach there in Buffalo. Um, So uh, Diggs to me is a flex. If you draft him, you probably draft him as a starter. This week against the Jets is not a bad time. They have a weak secondary. So I'm going to lean towards Diggs being a must-start this week. Uh, Going forward after week one, once we get a kind of a feel for how they're going to use them in this offense, especially against the Jets' weaker secondary, we'll kind of get an idea. you got to realize week one is a tough one because week one without a preseason, which has never happened, uh, you're really going into a lot of these games blind. We're not getting much of a feel for what these guys are doing on the field. So after week one, all of myself included, all fantasy experts will have a little bit of a better grasp on some of these situations, especially with players in new places, rookies. Um, it's pretty tough. Uh, Diggs fits into that category. We've got to kind of see, but if you drafted him where you draft, probably drafted him. He is starting week one. Uh, sleeper at tight end, Knox. Their tight, uh, Knox at tight end is a sleeper for me. John Brown. I, he's a long shot for me. If you're really, really weak at wide receiver and you need a flex or a wide receiver three, if you're in that format, something like that, John Brown is not a bad start this week. If you're in a standard two wide receiver in a flex league uh, and you've got some depth, I would shy away from John Brown this week. The Jets do have a pretty good overall defense. Um, I would probably stick with just Diggs, Allen, and Singletary this week. Moss is still a guy I think, you know, going into week one, he's in that thing I just mentioned. Uh, you got to kind of wait and see how they're going to use him. We'll get a better idea week two and on with Moss on how they're going to use him. I am excited to see him there. But Singletary to me is the better back. I think people just get excited with rookies. This is Singletary's spot until he gets hurt or fumbles or something happens to give Moss his opportunity. We're going to move on to the Packers and the Vikings. This should be a good game. Uh, Usually is. Uh, On the Packers side, Jones, of course, is a must start. Adams. Rodgers is even a startable. I know last year he had a rough year, but I do think Rodgers is going to have a chip on his shoulder this year with the draft. The drafting of a quarterback in the first round. Uh, Jordan Love, I think that draft pick really hurt Rodgers' feelings. And I think he's going to be out to prove people wrong on the front of him being washed up. I think he's got a few more good years left in him. He's going to be fighting against a system that likes to run quite a bit, but I do believe Aaron Rodgers will show up for this game. He is a startable quarterback. 
that's pretty much it on the Packers side. Yeah, it's just going to be Adams, Jones, and Rodgers, in my opinion, are the startable Packers in this game. For the Vikings, it is going to be, of course, Dalvin Cook. You might as well get him week one. I know he's a risky play. When he's healthy, he's one of the best and most dynamic backs in the game. If you have Cook, I hope you have Madison. If you don't, you better have some depth at running back. Uh, But for the time being, and for week one especially, Dalvin Cook is a surefire RB1, must start. Thielen is a must start at wide receiver. Uh, Risky, deep flex play would be Jefferson, the rookie out of LSU. Another risky, deep play at tight end. Deep sleeper play for the Vikings would be Irv Smith. Junior at tight end. So your plays for the Vikings will be Cousins, Cook, Thielen. Deep play for Jefferson. Very, very deep play for Irv Smith. Those are your best shots for the Vikings in fantasy football. We're going to move on to the Eagles at the Washington football team. And on the Eagles side of the ball, uh, they've got a ton of injuries at wide receiver. I was huge on Jalen Rager. I drafted him everywhere. Really hurts that he's out for five to six weeks. Uh, I'll s- Man, it's a tough one at wide receiver for the Eagles. It really, really is. I, uh, I really hate to say this, and I don't say this very often, especially against the Washington Redskins. I would shy away from Eagles receivers this week. I think they're going to stay short and conservative against this Redskins team. They're going to chip away. The Redskins have a pretty decent front, so they're going to get a lot of screens, short passes to their tight end. So I believe that Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard are startable pieces this week at tight end for the Eagles. I, Ertz is a must start. Goddard is a very, very deep play at tight end. Sanders at running back is definitely a must start. He came back to practice today. He was having a hamstring issue. He is a must start at running back for the Eagles. On the Redskins side of the ball, I expect them to be playing some catch up. I do believe that Terry McLaurin is a breakout this year at wide receiver. There's going to be a lot of games where they're behind. They are going to use him quite a bit in those situations. He is definitely a must-start high-end wide receiver, too, this week. Antonio Gibson, rookie getting a lot of press the last week or so with the movement of Peterson um, in that backfield. A lot of people are talking about Bryce Love. I do believe it's going to be Antonio Gibson. I don't know if he's going to start – you know, from the first snap and and eat up a ton of carries, but they can move him around quite a bit. He's got hands. He's played receiver a little bit in college. I think Antonio Gibson, from everything I've seen and heard out of camp, because we are going into this a bit blind, I believe Antonio Gibson is a startable flex this week. He could end up being a very strong RB2 after week one, and we see what he does. A little bit risky because we're a little bit blind. We don't know if they're going to go true committee and go Bryce Love in the short yardage situations. We just don't know that yet. But I do believe, especially if they're trying to play catch-up, they're going to have a versatile back that can play back there. There's a reason why they moved Peterson. I think Antonio Gibson is a must-start flex this week. Haskins is not a startable quarterback this week, but I do believe by the end of the season, Haskins is going to climb the charts at at quarterback. I think he is starting to settle in and and get a little bit more comfortable. He's a quarterback you need to keep on your radar in two quarterback leagues. All right, we're going to move on to the Browns at the Ravens. This is a tough one. The Browns really, they've got some interesting options there. The problem with the Browns is I don't know if I trust Baker Mayfield and that offense against this Ravens defense, which again will be a very strong, smart defense. And they're strong in pretty much 
all areas. There's not many weak spots for the Browns to uh, to play into. So I would lean towards, for the Browns, I would stay away from Baker. Do not start him this week. OBJ, if you drafted him where you probably drafted him, you're going to have to start him, but just go into it with a little bit of reservation. I don't know how much they are going to uh, – the Ravens will key on OBJ. I think he's going to have a little chip on his shoulder. He is a must-start. I, I mean, unless you're crazy deep at wide receiver, you got to start OBJ. But I just don't don't expect him to light up the world against the Ravens. Austin Hooper at tight end is a risky play for the Browns this week. Season long, he's going to be good, I believe. Uh, but this week, the Ravens are the best, I believe, from what I, I was doing some research the other day. I believe the Ravens were the best against the tight end. They didn't allow a touchdown all year. I don't think a tight end had more than 40 yards against that Ravens defense. So I would not. I would definitely sit Hooper if you can. I would still start Nick Chubb and at flex. I do think Kareem Hunt. He just signed a big contract. They plan on using this guy. They're going to split him out. So him and Chubb, Hunt and Chubb, will be on the field at the same time quite a bit. I think Hunt is a startable asset at flex. On the Ravens side, Lamar Jackson must start. I think Mark Ingram is a very, very strong flex back-end RB2 guy this week. So to me, he is a startable asset in this offense. Marquise Brown is a a very strong flex play this week for me. Uh, He could even climb up to a wide receiver two status, especially after this week one. I think he's going to have a big week. If you have Marquise Brown... Uh, on your roster, this is probably a good week to start him. Most rosters, he's going not going to be the sit-alone wide receiver two, so you're probably having to decide. I think this week I would lean towards Marquise Brown being in your starting lineup. And Mark Andrews at tight end is a must-start tight end week in, week out. That should be a blowout for the Ravens as well. Then we've got the Colts at the Jags. We're going to start with the Colts with one of my favorite rookies that I have plastered in all of my, most of my lineups. I got him in about 80% of my leagues. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. This week is a flex play. He's not a full-blown RB2 yet. Uh, people are worried about Marlon Mack, as they should be. I think Mack, is, especially week one, it's going to share a little bit of the workload. But I do believe... Jonathan Taylor, in week one or two, you might have to show a little bit of patience with Taylor. He is still startable, especially as a flex this week for me. Uh, But you're going to have to show a little bit of patience with him. He will flash at some point in these first few weeks. And once he does, I'm pretty sure that coaching staff is going to go with him. And Mack will be the guy that will come in in certain situations because they got Naeem Hines for the passing situations. I think Mack will share a little bit of that with Hines. And he will be the guy to spell and give a rest to Taylor from time to time eventually. This week one, I do expect Mack to get uh, you know, 10 to 12, maybe up to 15 touches. I think Taylor's going to get in the range of 14 to 17 touches. So it is going to be closer to a full split. But I do think... Everything I know about Taylor, everything I've been reading in the camp reports, I think Taylor is going to flash probably against this weak Jags defense, and the rest is history. I think he will be a strong RB2 and could even possibly climb into an RB1 status by midseason, if not a little bit after that. So Jonathan Taylor, to me, is a must-start at flex this week. Marlon Mack is not startable. I don't know if he's going to flash like Taylor Very, very risky play, Marlon Mack. I would keep him on the bench and kind of see how this plays out with him and Taylor. All right, T.Y. Hilton is your, I will not say must start, but T.Y. Hilton is a decent back-end wide receiver to flex play. I would, he's still startable. If you drafted him, He fell in some drafts where I was at. I lean towards benching T.Y. Hilton this week. But depending on where you drafted him, 
He should get some work this week, and he is a startable piece for a team. Uh, if you drafted him as your wide receiver two, I think you might be a little bit disappointed this season. Uh, but he's still T.Y. Hilton. He has a ton of talent. Not a bad play if you have to start him. If you have any depth at wide receiver, I would shy away from it. The reason for that is I think the Colts are going to get ahead. I think they're going to play somewhat conservative, and T.Y. is not going to get the looks that he normally gets. Uh, Pittman is benchable this week, but he's a receiver that you need to keep on your bench and keep an eye on how they use him week one. My sleeper start of the week for the Colts is Jack Doyle at tight end. I think he is going to get quite a few looks, especially towards the red zone. Phillip Rivers is known to use his tight ends. Phillip Rivers, by the way, is not a startable quarterback this week. He is a guy I would wait and see. I have a feeling they're going to run pretty heavy once they get ahead here in this game. I would shy away and wait on Rivers if possible, depending on your format. If you're in a two-quarterback league, then yes, Phillip Rivers is a must-start. Colts DST is startable, and if you're in IDP league, my favorite IDP, IDP player is Darius Leonard, middle linebacker for the Colts. He is a scoring machine, tackle machine, you name it. On the Jag side of the ball, I'm going to start with my sleeper at running back. I think he's going to get some work this week. He looks good coming out of camp. James Robinson at running back is a very, very deep flex play. DJ Chark is a must-start at wide receiver. They're going to be playing from behind. There's going to be a lot of pass attempts. DJ Chark is a must-start at wide receiver. Another deep play that if you're in a very deep league or you've got multiple flexes, uh, anything towards a regular standard 12, 10, 14-team league, I would shy away from him this week. But if you're in a deeper league and you need a deep shot play, LaVisca Chenault, Wide receiver slash could be a running back. He can kind of play anywhere. Ton of talent. Rookie. Uh, I don't know what he's going to get in week one. I do know they're probably going to be behind in those type of situations. Uh, players like LaVisca Chenault could shine. He's a very, very deep play. If you have him rostered, though, keep him on that bench and see how they use him. He could end up being a very valuable play. Another deep shot for the Jags, very, very deep at tight end, is Tyler Eifert. He's been injury-prone his entire career, but the guy is big and has great hands and a ton of talent. If you're going to use Eifert, week one would be the time to do it. The only drawback for me, even though he's going to be healthy, is the Colts' defense is pretty good this year. They're going to be one of the better uh, squads in the league, I believe. I would shy away from any other wide receivers. Uh, If you're in a two-quarterback league, I do think Minshew is a week-in, week-out starter. Any type of standard league, I would shy away from Gardner Minshew if you if you can. That should be a blowout. So you should get some uh, garbage time points from the Jags in that game. And I think that's where Minshew, Chark, Chenault, Robinson even should get some points for you. We're going to move on to the Raiders at the Panthers. This should be a pretty good game, a fun one to watch. I'm very curious to see how this uh, new receiving core for the Raiders, rookie receiving core, is going to pan out. Uh, we'll start with the Raiders, get Jacobs out of the way. He's a must-start week in, week out, any format. There's no need to, to go too deep into Jacobs. If you have him, you drafted him in the first, second round, he's a must-start. I think Ruggs is a good flex play this week. He could end up being very, very valuable in PPR. He could be just a startable wide receiver, too, by the end of the season, maybe even midseason. But, like I said earlier, he's a rookie. We have not seen it yet because there was no preseason. So, to me, Ruggs, if you're very, if you're deep at wide receiver, I would wait on Ruggs this week. That is what I'm doing. I have a few shares of him. I have him on the bench this week. I want to see how this Raiders team utilizes him. If you're not deep at wide receiver and you need a wide receiver too this week, I do think Ruggs is worth a plug and play here in week one to see 
He should get some kind of volume. He is a starting wide receiver for the Raiders. I do expect them to put the ball in the air. So Ruggs, to me, is startable. But if you have the depth, I would try to wait a week on him to see how they use him. They could go heavy Jacobs and play conservative. They've got multiple good tight ends there. Waller, Witten. Um, they could go very, very conservative. Uh, you just don't know exactly what approach. The only guarantee on that Raiders offense is Josh Jacobs. Uh, sleeper on that offense is Brian Edwards, the rookie starting on the other side of rugs. Brian Edwards has a chance to be a star in this league. Maybe not this year, but he's got the size. He's got the hands. He's young, starting right out of the gates, and he lit up camp from all reports. So a guy that you really, I really wouldn't even, definitely not start him this week, but if you want a good bench stash for wide receiver depth, look up Brian Edwards, Las Vegas, put him on your bench. He's going to pay off for you eventually. Waller is a back-end startable tight end. He is a back-end top 12 tight end. So in that format, With that setup, Waller is a startable tight end for you this week. I just wouldn't expect him to light up the world. They've got a few more options there now, even probably another tight end in Witten that they're looking at as well. I do think Waller's numbers are going to go down this year. So Jacobs is your safest play. Ruggs a little bit riskier, but he's not a bad wide receiver two or a flex play. I would lean more towards flex. Waller is a startable tight end. So the uh, David Carr is a quarter, two quarterback league starter. Super flex even. He's not a bad choice. Uh, but in any kind of standard format league, I would shy away from David Carr this week. He could end up having a good year. He is on my radar. He, I just have to see him do it first. I want to see how they use these rookies. He's a wait-and-see quarterback for me. On the Panther side of the ball, Bridgewater is much like Carr. He's a guy I wouldn't start week one. I want to see how the Panthers use that offense. I would keep Bridgewater on a bench or on the waiver wire, see how this plays out, and you can play him down the road. McCaffrey, of course, is the number one player in fantasy. He is a must-start at running back. DJ Moore is a definite week-in, week-out must-start at wide receiver. Curtis Samuel is a very, very deep flex play. I would shy away from starting him. He is way too inconsistent. He's burned me in the past few years too many times. Samuel, if you rostered him, I think he should be a guy that's on the waiver wire that you might utilize as a waiver pickup down the road if things pick up for him because they every camp they say they're going to use him more and that he's going to be more dynamic. Every year they say that about Samuel, and it turns out to not be the case. So... He's a guy I would wait on at, uh, for the Panthers and see how they use him. Uh, I would shy away from any tight ends for the Panthers in this matchup. That should be a good game. I've got the Panthers winning just because they're at home and the Raiders going cross country. Uh, but I do think that's going to be a close game. That is a, uh, It's going to be a fun game to watch. I've said that a few times, and I mean it. I, that's one I'm going to keep my eye on. Uh, I do have the Panthers edging out the Raiders in that game. All right, we're going to move on to the Bears at the Lions. Let me start off with this, with the Lions backfield. We're going to start with the Lions here. And the backfield, I got some emails about the backfield with the Lions. This week, if I had to choose, my first advice is to stay away from the Detroit backfield. Try to not start any running back from Detroit. But... If you're a Detroit fan or you leaned in hard on the Detroit backfield for some odd reason, I would probably lean towards uh, on Johnson this week. Swift is kind of dealing with an injury. He's a rookie. I think he's just too risky right now. He does have the talent to stash on your bench. If you drafted him, you probably drafted him in the 6th, 7th round. Uh, you can't let a guy like that go yet, and there's no reason to, even though it's a little bit muddled right now. He could be, he's definitely the most talented of the three. It's just a matter of when that opportunity comes and how do they utilize him in the offense. That's something we need to see in week one, week two. So I'd wait on Swift. I would wait on Peterson. Carry on. If you have to, you could start him at a flex. Uh, But I would try to shy away from that backfield. 
Stafford, to me, is a startable top 12 quarterback. I know he has some, some people have him outside the top 12. I usually have him around uh, 10th in my rankings. I think Stafford uh, is just a guy that puts up points, especially in his home field. Marvin Jones at wide receiver is startable, and Kenny Galladay is a must-start week-in, week-out at wide receiver for the Lions. And I do believe Marvin Jones this week against the Bears, they're going to have to put the ball in the air. And I do think Marvin Jones and Stafford, they do have a rapport with each other. Um, They've had some really good games. I think Marvin Jones is a deep play at flex. If If you need a flex player in a deep league, Marvin Jones is not a bad candidate. He's definitely a guy you need stashed on your bench. On the Bears side of the ball, stay away from any quarterbacks. I don't trust Trubisky. Stay away from any of their eight tight ends that they roster every year. Uh, The only in PPR, Cohen at running back is startable. He does... They utilize him in the short passing game. So to me, yeah, he could be a very strong flex for you, Cohen at running back for the Bears. Uh, If you're in a standard league or a half-point PPR, I would shy away from Cohen this week. The only really must-start on the Bears side for me in all formats is Allen Robinson. A deeper play at flex would be Anthony Miller. Uh, Miller is a guy that, if you're in a deep league, you need a home run at flex. He's a guy to play. Uh, If you have any kind of depth at wide receiver, Miller is a guy, especially in PPR, that you want to keep on your bench and stash and see how it plays out for the Bears. Robinson, like I said earlier, is week in, week out. I've got the Lions winning that game. I think the Bears, uh, with their uneasiness at quarterback, with Montgomery out with an injury, I just I think the Lions at home are going to come in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. I think Stafford's going to take it upon himself to go out and win this game. That's why I think Marvin Jones and Galladay are big pieces in this game for the Lions. All right, we're going to move on to the Seahawks at the Falcons. On the Seahawks side of the ball, uh, Metcalf, Carson, Russell Wilson, Tyler Lockett, All four of those guys are must-starts week in, week out, all formats. And I got some emails about Metcalf uh, and PPR formats. Metcalf, yes, he's not going to get a ton of receptions every game like a true PPR killer. But I do think Metcalf is going to get chunks of yards from uh, Wilson this year. I think he's going to get an uptick in yards, receptions, and in touchdowns. Um, he is a star on the rise to me at this point, And I've heard it all over the place about Metcalf, that he's risky and that in, the inconsistency from last year, that was his rookie year. I think this second year, he's going to have a lot more, uh, uh, mind meld with Wilson. I do think that they are going to have a better connection. And to me, DK Metcalf is a must-start in all formats. Very, very strong wide receiver to play. Lockett, he's a killer in PPR. He's a must-start in standard. In every format, Tyler Lockett should be starting. Same with Russell Wilson, top five quarterback, maybe even top three quarterback, depending on how good the season goes. Uh, Russell Wilson, of course, is a must-start at quarterback. On the Falcons' side of the ball, uh, Ryan is a must-start at quarterback. To me, he is a top-12 quarterback this week. Calvin Ridley is a must-start. And Julio Jones. Julio Jones, your wide receiver one. Calvin Ridley is a very strong wide receiver two. And Hurst at tight end, I believe, is a top-10 tight end play this week. He is a must-start at tight end, in my opinion. He... From every all reports is that Hurst has been killing it in camp, that him and Ryan have a good rapport. So to me, Hayden Hurst is a must-start at tight end. So your must-starts for the Falcons are Ridley, Jones, Hurst, and Ryan. And we can't forget about their last must-start at running back. I don't think he's going to be the strong RB1 he was at one time, but I still think he's going to be very productive for this team.
Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is going to be a uh, very strong asset for this team. I just don't think he's going to be used as much as the Rams used him in his heyday. But I do think he is a 15 to 20 touch guy. Uh, He's going to get you some receiving work. He's going to get goal line work. So Todd Gurley, to me, is a must-start RB2 this week against Seattle. Should be a strong play uh, most of the year, assuming he stays healthy. Edo Smith is his uh, backup at running back. He's a stash if you have Todd Gurley. If he goes down, Edo Smith would be a decent play. They're saying Brian Hill also is a backup there in Atlanta. The reason why I'm bringing up the backups for Atlanta is it's almost a guarantee that Todd Gurley will not make it through a year uh, healthy. He's going to get bumps and bruises, hopefully nothing serious, but playing all 16 games is very doubtful. If you end up having to handcuff or hit the waiver wire later, I would keep an eye out for Hill or Edo Smith. Very, very, very deep play for very, very deep leagues would be Russell Gage, wide receiver for the Falcons. All right, we're going to move on to the Dolphins and the Patriots. On the Dolphins side of the ball, this week, a deep play for me on the Dolphins side is Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. I think they're going to have to throw the ball to come back in this game. I have the Patriots winning in a landslide, and I think the Dolphins are going to be playing catch-up quite a bit. So when that happens, that is usually when Fitzpatrick steps up and uh, earns his stripes being Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's what he does. He likes to play from behind. Devontae Parker... Technically is a must start this week. He is dealing with a hamstring issue. That's something to keep an eye on. They are playing a very tough Patriots secondary and defense overall. Uh, If you're very deep at wide receiver, this might be one of the weeks that I would shy away from having to start Devontae Parker. But if you drafted him as your wide receiver one or two, hopefully you didn't draft him as your one. Uh, But if you're weak at wide receiver and you have to start him, he should get some kind of production assuming he's healthy. Gesicki, a tight end, I think is just outside of top 12 play, but he has a lot of potential. It's a tough matchup against the Patriots. If you have a backup tight end or another tight end of equal ability, I would probably try to bench Gesicki this week. After this week, I do think he should be a valuable play. On the Patriots side of the ball, Cam Newton is a top 12 must start for me in my opinion it's a little bit of a risky top 12 guy i think he would be right at 12 in my rankings uh but cam newton to me is a startable uh quarterback against the dolphins at home i would shy away from any patriots running back but if you have to start one or if you have sony michelle rostered this would probably be the week to do it i've never been a fan of the patriots backfield but if you have to start a running back, it would be Sony Michelle. I do think Michelle is going to get the goal line work and get some work there, so I will lean towards, yes, he is a startable piece this week. Nikhil Harry is still pretty risky. Uh, I would probably sit and wait with Nikhil Harry, and a startable flex for me is Julian Edelman. I think Edelman should get He may not have the rapport with Newton that he had with Tom Brady, but I do think he's going to get a bulk of the work over over the middle. So Edelman, Michelle, and Newton are all startable pieces for the Patriots this week. I would sit on Nikhil Harry. That Patriots DST is a must-start DST this week. We're going to move on to the Chargers at the Bengals. On the Chargers side of the ball, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry are all startable assets for the Chargers. There's really not much else to play with there on the offensive side of the ball for the Chargers. Tyrod Taylor in two-quarterback. Superflex leagues, even then he is still a risky play. Uh, but I would 
not be against starting him in a super flex league. Any type of standard one quarterback, you know, 12-team league type format, I would shy away from Tyrod Taylor. But he is a quarterback that you need to keep an eye on on that waiver wire, especially come bye week time in the middle of the season. You get caught in bye week hell. Uh, quarterbacks like Tyrod Taylor are a big asset in those situations so if you're a deep enough team or you have the spot uh, heading towards week five six seven I think Tyrod Taylor will be a heavily picked up quarterback off the waiver wire Uh, so that's something to keep on your mind as you get closer to week six the beginning of the bye weeks on the Bengals side of the ball I would wait on Joe Burrow if you're in a dynasty or a two quarterback league maybe just haven't seen it yet the camp reports sound great it looks like burrow could be a future star in the making he's a guy i want to see week one and see what they do aj green i think is going to be a recipient of a lot of burrow's passes Uh, he's coming back from being out for two years with a knee injury i think aj green has a chance he had definitely had the ability. We need to see it happen. I think if you can wait a week on A.J. Green, I would. Uh, if you are weak at wide receiver, he may not be a bad play at a flex. Uh, but I do think A.J. Green is somebody that needs to be rostered and probably sat on this week uh, just to see what that rapport with Joe Burrow is really like. It could be great. I mean, we can't forget A.J. Green had a ton of talent. Could be, you know, Joe Burrow, A.J. Green could be a household thing. Very possible. So A.J. Green's a guy I suggest keeping on the bench here week one. If you want to take the risk or you're a risky guy goes for the home run or daily fantasy and you want somebody on the cheap that might hit a home run for you, A.J. Green is your guy this week. Joe Mixon, of course, is a must-start for the Bengals. Tyler Boyd is a little riskier for me, but he should get... I think he's going to get a bulk of the the over-the-middle, kind of like what Julian Edelman does for the Patriots. I do think Tyler Boyd is a decent wide receiver three slash flex. So Tyler Boyd, I think, is a little bit more of a safer play than A.J. Green this week just because of the unknown with A.J. A.J.'s more of a home run guy. If you want to take that chance and he could just go, you know, a 70-yarder from Burrow and then whatever happens after that, it's just icing on the cake, A.J. Green could do that for you. He could also be a guy that limps off in the second quarter. You just don't know with A.J. Green. I want to see it week one. Uh, If I have the ability to do that, he is a guy I would wait on. That's an interesting game. A lot of people have the Chargers blowing them out. I think with Derwin James going out for the season, uh, I think the Bengals could surprise some people this year. With Mixon, Burrow, A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. Uh, They've got a good mix of young talent there on the offensive end, a defense that's trying to mesh together. Bengals is a team to keep an eye on this year for sure. All right, we're going to move on to the Cardinals at the 49ers. Uh, The Cards uh, played the Niners very well last year. Kyler Murray had some really good games against the Niners, but I do think uh, the Niners are the stronger overall team here. I think, you know, George Kittle's going to have a gigantic game against the Cardinals. The Cardinals drafted Isaiah Simmons, the safety, for one reason and one reason only. They were horrific, the worst team in football against the tight end last year. They're hoping Simmons can change that. Uh, George Kittle's a different breed, though. I still think they're going to have trouble there, and I think that's one of the reasons the Niners are going to pull this game out. On the Niners' side of the ball, uh, I would shy away from Garoppolo this week. Um, he, he had some big games against the card last year, so if you're in a two-quarterback league or if you just uh, went, you know, Anything but quarterback in the draft. For some reason, Garoppolo's your guy like in a dynasty situation or something. He should have a pretty decent game here. I don't think he's going to light the world on fire. Uh, As far as receivers go, see, this is one of the reasons why I shy away from Garoppolo is their weak wide receiving core they've been hit with. They actually have a fun wide receiving core. It's just they've been hit with injuries so hard. Debo Samuel... 
Looks like he's going to play week one. If he does, that's something you have to monitor. Uh, he should be a, uh, a decent start for the 49ers. Kendrick Bourne should be a nice sneaky play at wide receiver. Uh, Raheem Mostert, I would go ahead and, and start him as an RB2 this week. And, of course, Kittle at tight end is a weekend, week out, must start. So Kittle and Mostert are your must starts. A little bit riskier of a start is Debo Samuel at wide receiver. He's a flex. I wouldn't even put him in the wide receiver two yet. I got to see that offense roll. And then Kendrick Bourne is your deep play at wide receiver. And I wouldn't touch any of the other running backs. They're just too risky there for the Niners. Uh, Bucks at Saints. Uh, for the Bucks, Evans looks like he's having a hamstring issue. I would keep an eye on that. Uh, he could be a risky play with the leg injury. Godwin is a must start. Uh, shy away from Fournette this week. I don't know how they're going to use him. The Saints defense is pretty good as well. Uh, Tom Brady is a riskier play, I think, this week than he's going to be most weeks throughout the season. Uh, but he is still a startable play at quarterback. Uh, so your must-starts for the Bucks are Brady and Godwin. Uh, I would shy away from the backfield this week to see how it plays out. Gronk, to me, is a top-12 play this week against the tight. I mean, against the Saints. Um, I think on that surface, he should have a pretty good go of it. On the Saints side of the ball, uh, Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, and Michael Thomas of course, are your three must-starts for the Saints. I think a back-end, tight end one, uh, must-start if you drafted him in that situation, if he is the only tight end on your roster or the highest-ranked. Uh, Cook at tight end should be a good play. I have the Saints winning that game, and I have them winning that game pretty handedly. I think the Bucks might be a tad overrated this year, but we will see. Now we're to the Sunday night games, uh, the Cowboys and the Rams. Uh, on the Cowboys side, you got Prescott. I would shy away from Amari Cooper. He is going to get Jalen Ramsey. I think the sneaky play for the Cowboys is Lamb. Elliott is a must start. Gallup is a decent flex play. And Jarwin, to me, is a startable tight end this week for the Cowboys. On the Rams side, Goff, Cup, and Woods. Are all must starts along with Tyler Higby. So Higby, Goff, Woods, and Cup all must starts for the Rams. I have the Rams winning that game at home. Steelers, Giants, Roethlisberger, Juju, and Ebron, and Connor. So Connor, Roethlisberger, Juju, and Ebron are all must starts in my opinion. Ebron is the riskiest one of that bunch. I think Juju has a breakout. I think Connor is going to be a bell cow. I think Roethlisberger is going to look good out there against this Giants defense. On the Giants side, it's Barkley, Slayton. It looks like Tate's hurt. Slayton is a good startable asset at flex. Barkley is a must start. I would wait on Jones at quarterback, but he could blow up. If you have to start him, he should have a good game. And Sterling Shepard is a risky flex play this week for me. Titans at Broncos, Derrick Henry, and Brown, A.J. Brown at wide receiver are your must-starts. Tannehill is a riskier play at quarterback. On the Broncos side, it's Gordon, Cortland Sutton, both startable players. Uh, must-starts, in my opinion. Cortland is a wide receiver, too. Uh, Melvin Gordon as a good RB1. Fant is a deep sleeper at tight end. In a deep, deep two-quarterback league, Drew Locke, I think, is going to have a pretty good season. I would shy away from Lindsey, and I would shy away from Judy, even though I do think that Judy is going to be a player from the beginning. If you're in a deep, deep league and you need a sleeper, you got a bunch of wide receivers, start three or four, Judy might be a, a decent play. But if I, and I am a Judy owner, Wait on Judy. I think he's going to be a huge asset in fantasy football, maybe even as early as week two and on. He could blow up in week one. That's going to be a great late Monday night game. 
All right, guys. Well, that's all 16 games covered, all the fantasy-relevant players in all the games. I hope I helped you, and I'll do my best to do this week in and week out. Until next time, I'm out.